0: Welcome to Lead Time Chats, where you can listen in on unscripted conversations between engineering leaders and other influential folks in tech. I'm Jean, and I'll be your host. Lead Time Chats is brought to you by Range. Range helps hybrid teams check in asynchronously about what matters most. Know what's happening through status updates that pull from tools like GitHub and JIRA without scheduling yet another meeting. Checking in with Range creates more focused time for heads-down work, all while feeling a deeper sense of connection and belonging with your team. To learn more about Range, you can check it out at range.co. Hi, Indy. Thank you so much for joining me for Lead Time Chats. Hi.
1: Nice to see you again, Gene.
0: So today um, we're gonna talk about the topic of what it's like to be at a startup that's acquired by a big company like Google. And uh, Indy, you were leading the client team for Bump when it was uh, acquired by Google. And then that team turned out to grow into the very successful Google Photos team. So just to start us off with with some context, what was that process of transitioning from Bump to joining a a much larger company like Google? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that was definitely definitely uh, a shock to the system a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I guess to, to begin with, I'll start with the just the aqua hire process as an engineer rather than, you know, obviously founders have their own challenges as they're doing all of this. Right. Uh, I literally had like one or two days warning before I knew I had a Google oh, wow. interview. So, and as, as everyone sort of a Google interview has, has this like aura around it, right? Um, So I was a little worried, but got through that. And then we did a bunch of these interviews with a bunch of other companies as well. But yeah, in the end, Google brought us in and we were acquired by a joint effort between the Android team and the Google Plus team at the time. So it wasn't
0: like an individual interview, it was kind of like an interview to determine if they wanted to acquire the team.
1: Right. So the way this worked was they they were already doing the full like aqua hire process in acquisition process in parallel, but mm-hmm. they still wanted to interview the engineers in the company to make sure they met the Google bar to join the company. So mm. so it was a double, <laughs> it was a twofold uh, process in that way. So went through the normal Google interview process to to wow like, okay yes. Yeah and and so so this this is a similar practice with all the other companies we talked to as well. So yeah, so I guess yeah, then we ended up uh, in this joint acquisition, some people joined the camera team, some of us joined Google Plus. Um, and Google Plus at the time encompassed a bunch of things, you know, Hangouts, the Google Plus network, social network on its own, and photos, which was a part of that. And so, yeah, that, that's sort of how we ended up there. And yeah, it was, it was definitely super interesting. That building we were in was so tight. They gave us these like three foot desks <laughs> and with these giant monitors. So we were all pretty packed when we got there. So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting. Transition, and I felt like, and you know, my peers who joined with me, that we really needed to kind of just like really dig in and understand this like whole other code base that we hadn't written really quickly, and kind of start being productive. So yeah, that was definitely a def its own world.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't imagine having one to two days heads up to prepare for a, a Google interview. And it sounds like many other interviews as well. Yeah, well, so
1: steadily we got better. We got practiced again, you know, right? Like as, as, as we know with these things, practice makes perfect. So right. by the time I did later ones, I was like, okay, I got this. I know what... <laughs> You know all the tech interviews in the valley and 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 everything they're all the same, right? So right,
0: right. It's like the brute force, and then you're like, oh, and then you do the end login. right? Exactly. <laughs> put it in a hash table. I think, yep. I think. You interviewed me with a very similar question. Right. Cool. What were some of the what were some of the like more surprising challenges that you or your coworkers at Bump faced in in kind of adjusting to the larger company culture?
1: Yeah, I think you know there's a couple things first being there was just this huge code base right so google plus was was this sort of uh, thing that google like really quickly built and so one thing that was a little bit of a shock to us was you know there's this like uh picture people have in their minds about like, Oh, it's Google, all the engineering must be like, perfect. Yeah. And then you realize, you know, like, actually, you know, people are people, they they have the same constraints between deadlines and the features yeah. they have to build and everything. And you're going to be living in a similar place where you know the code will be messy here and okay here and pretty good there and you kind of have to navigate all of that so that was definitely a surprise it shouldn't have been you know in hindsight but it was definitely a surprise and so that was definitely an adjustment the other part was you know early on to be honest we were in a very political situation when we got in and it was it didn't it didn't feel very like settled for a while So Mm. I think it took me a good sort of solid, and a bunch of us actually, uh, just because there was a lot of like strategy changes happening at Google Photo, Google Plus and photos and all that at the time. Like about a good seven to nine months before we were Mm. like, okay, now we're, building Google photos. And that's mm-hmm. what we're focused on. There was a lot of back and forth. There's a whole other podcast that Dave Lieb did, <laughs> where he describes uh, a lot of the stuff he had to deal with that mm. I less so had to deal with as an engineer at the time to kind of get us to a place where we were actually focused on building the one product that we w- all wanted to. So
0: got it. Cool. I'll definitely dig it up in, uh, yeah. <laughs> in the show notes. Um, I guess I don't know how true this is, but from an external perspective, looking in on Bump and, and Google Photos, I've always had the perception that it was a really successful acqui-hire. and by that I mean like it seems like the team really stayed together, like this this really strong team stayed together, had incredible retention, and then went on to build a highly successful product. Whereas mm-hmm. you know some other acquisitions or acquihires, you know people kind of stay, or you know Silicon Valley kind of you know, brought some visibility into the like rust and best phenomenon. And like, so I guess, what do you think, what do you think were the factors that made it all work in, in this like very unique way? Yeah. Yeah. I think,
1: you know, as with everybody, you know, they actually, you know, most people want a clear vision and a mission to go chase after and, <laughs> Uh, I think what happens probably with a lot of acquisitions is they come in and they're they're in, you know, as I said, the first few months even for us, right? They're in this sort of situation where they don't know what they're actually supposed to be doing. And, and, and you know, some people get jaded and leave, right? Mm-hmm. What, what what worked out for us for with a mix of luck and skill, right, was that we ended up in a place where focused on building a new product. And that's what mm-hmm. startup people love doing, right? We were like, right. let's go build something. And so once that kind of got settled about like about nine or so months after the acquisition, then we knew what we had to do. So I was able to just hunker down my team. We were all able to just focus in and and just start building. And once we got in that mode, we were in our sweet spot, right? And mm-hmm. then so so that that worked out for us.
0: Mm-hmm. I also have the impression that the Google Photos team was was able to kind of like be a, a bit of a startup within a larger company and, and do things a little bit more quickly or kind of with their, with their own process. Is that
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's I hot. think that's that's fairly true. You know, there is no such thing as a startup <laughs> within a big company, okay. but we were kind of we were kind of left alone for a bit, which was nice yeah. for us to be able to do it. And and to be fair, it wasn't just us, right? It wasn't just like the bump people that came in and built Google Photos, right? There was mm-hmm. this huge, amazing team already there uh, that had built lots of great technology mm-hmm. that we could then sort of bring our, you know, you know. Pr- product and startup mindset too, and kind of marry those like great technology in this mindset to build this great new product. Right. Yeah. So that's why that worked out.
0: How large was Bump when, when you all moved over to Google?
1: I think we were about 20 ish people, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite small. Yeah. I've always wondered about that. So I've never been at a company that I've never gone through the acquisition process, but it's always seemed like you know, you gather all these people who want to work at a, you know, 10, 20, 30 person company, they want the everything that comes with that. And then you acquire them and then put them in this large company and, you know, have them have to follow all this bureaucracy and processes. (laughs) And yeah, I'm just super fascinated by this journey, because it it seems like a lot of times that doesn't go well. People are like, wow, this is exactly what I did not want. And this is is why I was in this startup to begin with. Yeah.
1: I mean, there was a lot of bureaucracy, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that isn't, uh, that isn't to say there wasn't, but I mean, I think Google uh, did a pretty good job with, you know, Google's so big where they definitely have people who can kind of like just focus in their world and don't have to deal with everything else. And, and we were at least at, in those first, like, Pre-launch days definitely in that place, but yeah, we still had to do the whole code review process, and uh, you know, I remember having to convince you know people that we had to rebuild the product, and I had to convince lots of leads in different parts of the company that I didn't know I had to convince, you know, to to do. When you
0: when you all joined, there was already a a yeah. So so
1: Google Plus photo Google Photos used to exist as a feature within Google Plus, so. There was a path, engineering path, where we could have gone down, where we just sort of like stripped out all the Google Plus stuff and just shipped Google Photos. (laughs) But it was very clear to me that that was not a good idea for many reasons. And, And I think probably the most fundamental being Google Plus Photos was built with this assumption that you'd always be connected to the internet. And so it was sort of built with this web mindset. And... You know, having done a bunch of mobile since like since the iPhone launch and everything, I came in and my team came in, we're like, hey, like if we really want to build this, like, especially on Android being the default photos app, this photos app that works really well and and can show you your photos immediately and all of that, we have to build it with a very different architecture and that required a rewrite in a lot of, and so that was a hard thing to convince a lot of people. So yes, I definitely had to deal with that, but I, I, luckily I had, you know, some people had my back and I was able to convince some key people and and we were able to uh, make
0: that happen. How did you, because I mean, coming in, you were relatively new and like, you know, convincing people who have built that code base, like how Mm -hmm. did you approach, how did you approach that convincing individuals? So
1: a good chunk of those people actually moved off. Stakeholders. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, but we were still part of the larger sort of Google Plus organization at the time. And, and there were definitely people there who kind of were very invested in the way things were built. And so, yeah, it, you know, I had to kind of explain what I did earlier, right? That these, the product we're trying to build has very different constraints, needs a different mm-hmm. architecture. And the other thing, some of these people were worried about, you know, you're just throwing away all this code that we know works, Right. And so I had to sort of point out like, look, we're actually, we, through various reasons, we, we had spent a few months in early 2014 sort of pulling out components, like just re-architecting the existing code a bit. And so I I pointed out that we're actually using some of the libraries we've already pulled out. So they they were happy to hear that and Mm -hmm. uh, that we weren't like writing every single line from scratch. We were definitely reusing things that we knew worked, but the fundamental architecture had to be different. And so we had to build that part.
0: Got it. Yeah. The the dreaded like second system problem seems like you kind of made an argument that alleviated some of those concerns of like, oh, everyone just wants to do a rewrite all the time. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly.
1: And, you know, I remember one of these reviews, you know, one of these senior people asked me, was like, hey, how are you, you know, can you tell me that you're not gonna come around two years from now and wanna rewrite this again? And I was mm-hmm. like, look, to be honest, we never know what's gonna happen in two years, but, you know, the way we're writing this code now is a lot more like library and component-based than you know, the giant monolith type thing uh, we were yeah. doing before. So hopefully this should, we should have a lot more reusable things. If there is a fundamental shift that requires us to rewrite that hasn't happened. So we're <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah.
0: if you could go back and do it all over again, what's something that you would do differently? That's a good
1: question. It's, it's hard to, answer, I, I always find it hard to answer questions like that, especially when things went well. I think there's certain things I want to be maybe a little more explicit about in in how I went about things, because I, I kind mm-hmm. of did a bunch of stuff, but I wasn't sure I was doing it the right way, or or at least I now have like principles that I can define this around, but b- back mm-hmm. then I was just feeling it all out. You know, I, I, I realized one of the things that I did well that I would probably kind of focus on more and kind of call out more for myself at least was I did the things that don't scale (laughs) type thing in Mm. the early days right and so that's sort of the one of the startup mantras right is like do things that don't scale because you know bigger organizations will always focus on scale. So in my case I read I was the default assignee for all bugs coming into Google Photos from the internal Google-wide dog food. So Google's pretty big. So that means a lot of people were dog fooding <laughs> the product. And the engineers are also very opinionated. So oh, yeah. <laughs> these bugs that I was getting were, you know, quite detailed. And so, but I read everything. I I was the default assignee, I read everything. And so that way I felt like I knew exactly where the product was at, where the, the where the state of the code was. I mean, how much more, where we were with respect to the quality I wanted us to be. And I thought that actually worked out quite well. And it wasn't actually as much time as it sounds, even though there were definitely times where it was like 50 bugs a week or something, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. But once
1: you sort of start doing it a lot, you kind of get a very, you build a, you know, a, a mental model on how to deal with these things quickly, right? And so, so yeah, I think that worked well. And I think that's something that people don't often do. They try yeah. to build a system for that right away, but I wanted to make sure I kind of understood it all before we built any system for it.
0: Yeah. That kind of speaks to the the successful acquisition of that like startup mindset and incorporating right. that into building new products at Google. It also strikes me as like you know the number of people dog fooding a product at Google is probably like an official launch for most startups, right? Like a <laughs> successful startup launch. And so, like I guess for launching Photos v1, obviously launching something at Google, even dog fooding, but obviously externally is vastly different from launching as a small startup, right? So yeah. what were what were some of the differences that were unexpected or were just memorable?
1: Yeah, I remember just like a month or so before launch. One of these, like our lead TPM, who sort of owned, kind of re- doing the Play Store process within Google, he came by and he's like, dude, you're screwed. And I was like, what? What do you, what do you mean? He's like, you're going to have 20 million people the first day. This thing better be rock solid. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, so that was definitely, you know, one of those things that I was just so heads down working and my team was just working. I didn't quite internalize that, that Uh, yeah, day one, this thing needs to be rock solid. And so, you know, as with most product, once you launch, you have to kind of iterate uh, a lot. So mm -hmm. we were definitely in the mode where like, as soon as things launched, I was just on top of the bugs. (laughs) You know, I was like, I want to know exactly what's happening. And so the first month we were just, we released a few dot releases to just clean things up because, even with the massive google dog food you know the real world is different right so right, right. yeah yeah so that was definitely definitely something to uh, that was challenging the other thing was this is more sort of like because we were part of a larger company and all of that and a larger team there's a lot of people who wanted to know like hey when is this thing going to launch like when mm-hmm. are you going to be done right and that was definitely a, a high pressure situation especially cuz I convinced everyone that we had to rewrite the thing and all that. And so, I, you know, I, I did what you're kind of supposed to do is sort of build sort of, you know, the onion style, right? <laughs> Fill the middle, the core first and so on and so forth. So that at any point, if anyone sort of above me was like, we just have to launch now, we would be, you know, we wouldn't have all the bells and whistles and all the features we wanted, but we would be in a place where it was like feature complete to what we had built so far. Right. Yeah. So I, I made sure we were always doing that. So I always had an answer like, Hey, when are we going to launch? And my answer, you know, being all flippant was like, we can launch now if you want, you know,
0: we just won't have X, Y, and, <laughs> and Z. We just won't have these, <laughs>
1: these, these features. Um, so exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so that, that's how I went about it. That was definitely an expectation that was, that's a little different when you're in a really small startup where everyone kind of understands where you
0: are, right? Right, And yeah. right. yeah, that sounds both like a managing out challenge and mm-hmm. a like getting everyone to build it in that way, you know, right. kind of like coordinating between those two and making yes. sure they're they're in sync. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: exactly. So India, having been in both, you know, really small startups and a large company like Google, what perspective would you share with engineers who maybe have only experienced one of one one or the other? Yeah, I think
1: there's some so, some things that you know people have said before that I'll just repeat. I think that because they they do resonate with me is in startups you do get to see a lot of very thing lot a lot of different things very quickly, right? So there is you know you get to see your marketing and like pushing to the Apple App Store and Play Store yourself, your feedback mechanisms, you know, all of that. You And so you have to wear all these hats. You have to go figure it all out because it's just, you don't have people. And I remember when I joined Google, like there was this whole QA organization. I was like, <laughs> what? And those people actually ended up, all the QA people were really happy with me because I would like really appreciate it that they were there.
0: You're like, I don't have to do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm so happy. Please just take care of
1: this, you know? So, so, so yeah, that's, that's obviously a big difference. You, there's a lot more chances to learn a lot of different things in a startup. I think with Google, with something like Google or large company like that, you know, they have their processes down and everything. So, so you you sort of you're constrained a little bit from that, but you also get this wide range of people you can learn from as well, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that that definitely helps. Where where these are amazing, and especially I, I'm sure that's the case with most of these other large companies do. But I felt like I was surrounded by these amazing engineers. Um, and I, there was a lot I learned from them. So so that was, that was great to be able to seek out such a wide range of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost went, I went the other way. Although when I joined Google, I knew nothing and was a new grad and was there for a year and a half. And then I joined Pulse. And I remember the first thing that was so surprising to me was like, I made changes to the Android code base. And then the next day we shipped them to the app store and people were oh, right. like millions of people were using them. And I was like, I don't have to wait for a two-week release cycle, right, <laughs> like coordinate yes. with this other team. Like right, right. it's out, it's out. It's there.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And then I became the person that had to tell people that you can't release <laughs> right away. I, that was a weird shift over time, but.
0: <laughs> well, cool. Thank you, Indy, so much. I think this will be very interesting to people who haven't have or haven't been through such an acquisition process and just hearing the story of, you know, transitioning to a larger company and also um, the different challenges you face building Photos V1. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Lead Time Chats. If you'd like to connect, share, and grow with other engineering leaders, join us at leadtime.range.co. Lead Time Community is a space for engineering leaders who aspire to create better working environments for their teams. Hope to see you there.